اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم اللہ سا That is where it fits best. That is the best place of putting it. So for example, you have dishes, you have some plates. Where do they go? In the kitchen, in the cupboards. Now one is that you stack a big plate on top of a small plate and then a big plate on top and a small plate on top and there is no order random. Is this hikmah? No. You could say it is adl, it is justice that you are putting everything where it should be in the cupboard. But is that the best way of putting it? No. What is the best, most appropriate way of putting it? That you make a separate stack of the larger dishes and a separate stack of the smaller dishes. And you put them, when they're clean, in the right order, in the right arrangement. That is what hikmah is. So hikmah is translated as wisdom. The ability to do something in the correct way, in the best way. To do something... in the way that it should be done, when it should be done, where it should be done. So you can say, it's right-mindedness, or it's the ability to make the right decision at the right time. Hikmah is also used for medicine, alternate medicine. Let me say that. Okay, Alternate medicine. Why? Because the hakim, what does he do? He looks at the different symptoms, and the different problems that a person is experiencing, and he says, okay, you should do this, you should do this at this time, you should eat this at this time, you should not eat this, you should avoid this. So he looks at all of the different aspects of the sick person, and then he advises him accordingly. He gives him a whole plan, what to eat, what not to eat, so on and so forth. So Allah says over here that Allah gives hikmah to whomsoever He wills. What does hikmah refer to over here? It refers to the correct understanding of what is mentioned in the Qur'an, the commands, the prohibitions, and the intelligence of acting according to them. This is the main thing. The intelligence of acting according to them. Because many people, they know what the Qur'an says. They know what should we do, what we should not do. But do they have the intelligence to actually do it or to avoid it? Not necessarily. In theory, they know. They know the translation, they know the commands, they've passed all of their tests, but they don't have the hikmah. They don't have the intelligence to implement what they have learned. This intelligence is a gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to some people only. This is why He says, يُؤْتِلْ hikmata. He gives this wisdom. A person cannot acquire it himself. A person cannot... get any diploma, any certification in hikmah. This hikmah is a gift of Allah upon a person. And He gives it to who? To whomsoever He wills. In this context, what is hikmah? What to spend? How much to spend? Where to spend? Where not to spend? This is hikmah. Because some people are very good at managing their money and other people are very poor at managing their money. Some people make a little bit of money, but at the same time, all their bills are paid, all their needs are fulfilled, 
And they're also spending on others. They're also taking care of others. They're also spending in the way of Allah. And you don't see them complaining. And there are others who are making so much more money, but they have no sense of where the money is coming from, where it's going. Some people have that sense of how to spend money correctly. And other people, they have no sense of how to spend money correctly. For example, if an adult has a thousand dollars, he will think differently of how to spend those thousand dollars compared to a kid who's given those thousand dollars. I remember a child once said, if I have a thousand riyal, I'm going to go buy a thousand chains because one chain is, is one riyal. You know those silver chains that men wear? You know, I heard him saying that and I thought, really, how innocent. He's thinking, I'm going to go buy a thousand because one is for one riyal. If I have a thousand riyal, I'm going to buy a thousand. What are you going to do with those thousand? Are you going to wear them? You can't wear all those thousand. So some people, they have that sense of spending money in the right way. And others don't have any sense whatsoever. Like some people, they know how to shop. And others, they don't know. Some people know where the good deals are, you know, where you get the best quality, where you get the best discounts, at what time, which store. And other people, they don't know. So they'll go spend $500 on a jacket, Another person will buy the similar jacket but for much lesser money. So there's a difference, right? One person has hikmah and the other doesn't. So Allah gives this hikmah to whomsoever He wills. So then a person has the ability to spend in every direction, in every way, fulfilling all of his responsibilities and earning so much reward. She's saying her brother and her cousin went shopping. Both of them bought the exact same pair of jeans One paid $107 and the other paid $5. You know, sometimes it's the qadr as well that you go and there happens to be a very good deal. That's your risk. But some people have that sense that perhaps I should not buy jeans for $107. Maybe I should wait a little bit. Maybe I should wait for the season to change so that you know they have all those deals and then I can go buy it. But some people... They don't have that hikmah. They say, no, I need jeans. So what if they're $107? I'll just buy them. So, يُؤْتِ الْحِكْمَةَ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَمَنْ يُؤْتِ الْحِكْمَةَ And whoever is given hikmah, Allah says, فَقَدْ أُوْتِيَ خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا Then in fact, he has been given much, much good. If a person is given hikmah, he has been given khayran kathira. He has been given much good. Why? Because if a person has hikmah, then he can do much good. Then he can earn much good deeds. And if a person does not have hikmah, then he's going to waste his money and waste his time and waste his life. This hikmah is not just beneficial when it comes to managing money, but it's beneficial in every aspect of our lives. Hikmah is needed when talking. Hikmah is needed when cooking. Hikmah is needed when going about through your day. Hikmah is needed when studying for an exam. Hikmah is needed when tidying up, when cleaning up, when organizing your notes, when writing an exam paper. Hikmah is needed in everything. Those who have hikmah, they have been given much good. Why? Because they can accomplish much more. They can be more effective in their work, more productive. They can get better results, more results with the same amount. Every individual has been given 24 hours in a day. Some people, 
with those 24 hours, they do so much and other people do hardly anything that is worth mentioning. They'll have a list of excuses of why things didn't go well. But if you think about it, at the end of the day, both the individuals had the same amount of time. Right? One person was able to call up his relatives and the other didn't have time to do that at all. One person was able to read Qur'an, the other was not able to even open the Qur'an. One person was able to cook, the other person was not able to even clean up the dishes from last night. One person was able to clean the house, the other was not even able to change out of pajamas. It happens, right? One has been given hikmah, and the other has not been given hikmah. The one who's given hikmah, he is productive, he is far more effective in his work, he lives a useful life, he lives life to the maximum, what you say. He maximizes on his resources, on his time, his money. Why? Because they're living an organized life. And another person is living a haphazard, disorganized life. He's spending his day after day without accomplishing anything at all. So what's the difference? One has been given tawfiq and the other has not been given tawfiq by Allah. One person has been given knowledge and the ability to act, ilm and amal. And the other has not been given any of that, or only ilm and no amal. So that means we should ask Allah for hikmah. If we feel that we're wasting our time, we're wasting our money, we're not wise when it comes to spending, we're not wise when it comes to using the time in our day, then that means we need hikmah. But you can't go get it, like I said. You can only be given hikmah. So what's the first step to gaining hikmah? Ask Allah. Ask Allah for hikmah. Pray to Allah for hikmah. When you're frustrated that your day went by without you accomplishing anything substantial, when you're frustrated that despite all the money that came into your bank account, you have zero savings, when you're frustrated that there is no barakah in your time and your money, you're not able to keep up with the work in your life, then what you need is hikmah. Because hikmah enables you to manage your time. Hikmah enables you to manage your work, your tasks. It enables you to fulfill your roles, your responsibilities, your duties, your obligations, and get the most out of your life. So you need hikmah. Every single individual needs hikmah. So ask Allah for hikmah. Another important thing that we can do to get hikmah is to be in the company of wise people. Be in the company of intelligent people. Please stay away from people who waste their time. Stay away from them. Because when you live with such people, when you spend time with such people, then you develop those poor, bad habits as well. Obviously, if you're going to go shopping with a friend who wastes money, what are you going to do? Waste your money too. If you're going to spend an evening with a friend who wastes time, what are you going to do? Waste time as well. Correct? But if you are with people who are wise, intelligent, careful, successful, then you will also learn good things. Hikmah is not learned from books. It's given by Allah. okay, And it's acquired through experience. That Allah will put a person in different situations so that he will experience different things and he will, as a result, acquire hikmah. So to get hikmah, to be worthy of hikmah, you have to go out there and be in the company of wise people. Befriend such people. Talk to such people. Be with them. So for example, if you want to develop some hikmah when it comes to cooking, because your problem is that when you enter the kitchen, you spend five hours in the kitchen, and what did you accomplish? 
a sink full of dirty dishes, a burnt dish, and some food that tastes quite bland. That's what you accomplished in five hours. You know what? You need some hikmah in the kitchen. So what you need is that you stand next to a person who knows how to work in the kitchen effectively. And personally, I have learned cooking and working in the kitchen in this way, that I have observed people how they work in the kitchen. Some people, what they do is when they're cooking, they keep buying the dishes in the sink. They don't know what they're cooking, so they're like, okay, let me do this, okay, let me do that, okay, let me do this. As they progress, you know, they're constantly changing their mind. So as a result, so much time is gone and so much work is accumulated. Other people, they know exactly what they're doing. All the spices, all the ingredients are within hand's reach. They know what they're doing. And they will cook. And as the food is cooking, they do the dishes. And by the time the food is cooked, the kitchen is nice and clean. And others, by the time the food is cooked, there is a whole lot of work to do. And you're so tired and exhausted that you're like, I don't want to look at that big monster. So that monster becomes bigger and stronger. Those dishes only pile up. The work only accumulates in the kitchen. There are people who will cook for two and they will take many hours. And there are others who will cook for seven, ten, twelve and they will take much less time. So what is needed then? That you be in the company of wise people. And it doesn't mean that if somebody is wise in the kitchen that they're wise in every aspect of life. No. One person could have hikmah in one aspect of life. Another could have hikmah in another aspect of life. So see who is good at what and learn from them. Be inquisitive. Ask them questions. Ask questions. There is no harm in that. Always do. Learn from other people's experiences. Another important thing that we can do is learn from our mistakes as well. Check yourself at the end of the day. Why is it that I did not accomplish much? Where did I waste my time? What did I do wrong? Analyze. Learn from your mistakes and don't repeat them again. So for example, when it comes to spending, you have zero money left at the end of the month. You ask yourself, okay, where did I waste my money? This month I spent $80 on coffee at Tim Hortons? If you do the math, it happens quite a lot. So, you know, especially these days they have those softwares that you can get to see how much of your money is going where. So get one of those and check. Organize yourself a little bit. Learn from your mistakes so that you can be more careful. And this is how you learn hikmah as well. And you know what? Hikmah is only given to a person who has fear of Allah. Because it is said, رأس الْحِكْمَةِ مَخَافَةُ اللَّهِ The ra's, the head of hikmah is the fear of Allah. Meaning, the cause, the foundation of hikmah is the fear of Allah. When a person has fear of Allah, that Allah will ask me where I got my money from and where I spent it. What am I going to answer Allah? On Tim Hortons? On tea? On coffee? That's where I spent my money? I just made all those businesses rich? I let the poor and hungry stay hungry? That's what I did with my money? So when a person has fear of Allah, then he will get hikmah. When a person has fear of Allah, Allah will ask me about my time, about the talents that He gave me, what did I do with my life, then He will develop hikmah, then Allah will give him hikmah as well. And such a person who has hikmah is worth envy.
A hadith tells us that there is no envy except in two instances. A person whom Allah has endowed with wealth and he spends it righteously and a person whom Allah has given hikmah and he judges by it and teaches it to others. The one who lives by hikmah, he is worth envy. Why? Because he will accomplish much more in his life. He will be a happier person. He will not have any stress in his life. He will be so productive. He will be so effective in his work. Hikmah. That's the key. So beg Allah for hikmah. Surround yourself with wise people and learn from your mistakes. But Allah says, وَمَا يَذَّكَّرُوا إِلَّا أُولُو الْأَلْبَابِ None will take heed except those who have intellect. So if you have intellect, if you have some reason, if you have some mind, then take a lesson. What you need is hikmah. Be wise when it comes to spending. يَذَّكَّرُوا from ذَلْكَ أَفْرَى And الْبَاب is a plural of لُب. Recitation. يُؤْتِ الْحِكْمَةَ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَمَنْ يُؤْتَ الْحِكْمَةَ فَقَدْ أُوْتِيَ خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا وَمَا يَذَّكَّرُ إِلَّا أُولُو الْأَلْبَابِ Another question. Some people spend a lot of time researching and shopping to get the best product for the best price. Others don't want to waste time, so they just take any product that suits their need, even if it is more expensive. Which is right? Moderation. Some people spend a little too much time in shopping around, getting the best price. And other people don't look here, there at all, and whatever they see, they get. A little bit of moderation. So, for example... You know that typically you can buy jeans within $50. So don't go on buying $100 jeans just because that's what you first saw at a store. And other people, they say, no, my friend bought for $5, so I'm not going to buy until I buy for $5. So they're researching online, they're going store to store, they're going different times, and they're wasting so much time in buying the right thing for a lesser price. Neither is hikmah. What is needed is moderation. And... Is there any specific dua for hikmah? رَبِّ هَبْلِي حُكْمًا وَالْحِقْنِي بِالصَّالِحِينَ That, oh my Lord, give me hukman. Hukm is also hikmah. وَالْحِقْنِي بِالصَّالِحِينَ And join me with the righteous. Meaning, give me the company of the righteous. So make this dua a lot. Then Allah says, وَمَا أَنْفَقْتُمْ مِنْ نَفَقَةٍ And whatever you spend of any spending, نَفَقَةٍ Same root as أَنْفَقْتُمْ نُونْ فَقَةٍ and nafaqa is basically that which is spent, expense, expenditure. So, وَمَا أَنْفَقْتُمْ مِنْ نَفَقَةٍ Anything that you spend, any expense, any cost that you have to bear, anything that you have to pay for, any kind of payment you have to make, whether it is your fees or your bills, or your spending in charity, whatever it is, وَمَا أَنْفَقْتُمْ مِنْ نَفَقَةٍ whether it is good or bad, useless or beneficial, as a gift or to fulfill someone's need, whatever you spend, any kind of expenditure. أو نذرتم من نذرين Or you make a vow. نذرتم نون ذال را من نذرين Meaning you make a vow. What is nadr? Nadr is basically to make something that is not an obligation, an obligation on yourself. Something is not mandatory, but you make it mandatory on yourself. Why? In order to get some benefit from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So for example, a person says, Oh Allah, I really, really 
want to get better. I don't want the sickness at all. And if you make me better, you remove the sickness from me, I will recite one juz of the Qur'an every single day. Is it mandatory in a person to recite one juz of the Qur'an every single day? No. So a person has made something that was not mandatory, mandatory on himself. Why? In order to get some benefit from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, a person says, Oh Allah, I really want to get this job. If you give me this job, then I will spend from my income a hundred dollars every month in your way. This is another. Is it mandatory in the person to do that? No. This is another, a vow that he's making. So in a way you can say that it's conditional spending. Conditional spending. That if the conditions are met, then a person will spend. And remember that when it comes to making a vow, the Prophet ﷺ said that Allah says that vowing does not bring to the son of Adam anything that I have not already written in his decree. If a person makes a vow, it's not going to change the decree. Whatever was meant for a person, he will get it. Whatever was supposed to be removed from him, it will be removed. But vowing is imposed on him by way of qadr. Meaning that was also part of qadr. That he will make the vow and then he will get better. Through vowing, I make a miser spend of his wealth. A person who would not otherwise spend, then Allah puts him in a certain situation where he makes that intention to spend. Making a vow is something that is permissible as long as what you promise to do is what is permissible. And secondly, remember that making a vow, it does not change qadr, it does not change decree at all. And also remember that making a vow is something that is not liked. It is permissible, but it's not really liked. It's like setting a condition with Allah. Allah will give you without you setting a condition even. Allah doesn't need to be paid. He doesn't need to be given something in return for a favor that He shows to us. You want, ask Allah, beg Allah. But don't set conditions. But remember that making a vow is permissible, however it's not something that is liked. So, أَوْ نَذَرْتُمْ مِنْ نَذْرٍ Or you make a vow, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ Then indeed Allah knows it. What does Allah know? Any penny you spend, any vow you make, Allah knows. This is just like throughout the month you go on swiping your card. This store, that store, this store, that store, online, you know, whatever. And at the end of the month, what do you get? Your statement. And you're like, oh my God, what did I do? I spent here, I spent there, I spent this much here, I spent that much there. So, just as we're getting that statement, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also knows exactly what we are spending where. None of our spending is hidden from Allah. Allah knows at the end of the day how much money we've spent on desires, how much money we've wasted, how much money we've benefited others with, how much money we have spent in His way. He knows. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ Allah knows very well about our spending habits. So, what does that mean? Have some haya, have some decency, spend wisely, spend carefully, don't throw the money that Allah has given you, don't waste it. This is just like a parent, they give some money to their child and they say, okay, this bank account you can use from, this is the card, this is the code, and at the end of the month, I'm going to check the statement. I'm going to know where you spent every penny. So, because a child has that fear that my dad will see, he will be careful. 
Likewise, we should all have this fear, this hayat, that Allah knows where I'm spending. So have some decency and spend wisely. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ And if you vow, then Allah knows what you're doing afterwards. Do you fulfill that vow or not? وَمَا لِلظَّالِمِينَ مِنْ أَنصَارِ And the wrongdoers, they will have no helpers at all. Ansar, plural of nasib. They will have no helper at all. Who are the zalimin? Who are the wrongdoers? Those who make vows, but they don't fulfill them. Those who spend, but they waste. Those who spend, but they spend extravagantly. Those who spend in sinful ways. Those who give in charity, but with corrupt intention. Following it up with man and adha. وَمَا لِلظَّالِمِينَ مِنْ أَنصَارِ So the fact is that all our deeds are known to Allah, so we should be careful. Then Allah tells us about the manner, the way of spending. Allah says, إِن تُبْدُوا الصَّدَقَاتِ If you disclose the sadaqat, تُبْدُوا from بَادَ الْوَاو ibda To reveal, to make something known. So if you make the charities known, meaning you give publicly, you give openly, you give charity openly. فَنِعِمَّا هِيَ Then how excellent is that? How good is that? نِعِمَّا is a combination of ni'ma and ma. Ni'ma meaning good and ma is extra. To say how good, how excellent. So if you give charity openly, then how good is that? Meaning it's very good. How is it good? Didn't we learn earlier that the munafiqeen, they spend in order to be seen? So how is it good if you give charity openly? It will be good when you have the right intention. You're not doing it to show off. But how is it beneficial? It will motivate others to spend too. So for example, you go with your friend to a masjid. Or like, for example, after today's class, you say, okay, I'm going to spend in the way of Allah. So before you leave, you say to your friend, before we leave, let's go and put some sadaqah. So you're telling your friend, you're putting it in front of her, but when you will do it, she will also be encouraged. She will also be reminded. فَنِعِمَّهِ But Allah says, وَإِن تُخْفُوهَا But if you hide it, تُخْفُو خَفَايَ If you conceal it, meaning the charity, وَتُؤْتُوهَا الْفُقَرَاءَ And you give it to the poor, فقراء plural of فقير meaning when you are giving to an individual a person then you should give it how? secretly فَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ and if you give secretly then that is much better for you so we see that spending in the way of Allah could be done openly and secretly but what's the condition? that خَالِصٌ نِيَّةٌ sincere intention no man, no other no ri'ah But when it comes to certain kind of charities, it's better that they're given openly. And other kind of sadaqat, it's better that they're given privately. Which sadaqah should be given openly? Mandatory sadaqah, like zakat. Why? So that others know that you are fulfilling your obligations. You can tell somebody, I'm giving my zakat. You don't have to tell them how much or where necessarily, but you can tell other people, you can let them know that you are giving your zakat. There's no harm in that. And also when you're spending on a particular cause, on a cause, then sadaqah openly, so that others are encouraged, they are reminded, they are also motivated. But the other kind of sadaqah should be given secretly. Which one? When you're giving it to an individual, when you're giving it to a person, faqir. Why should you give it secretly? So that the recipient is not embarrassed. They don't feel humiliated. They don't feel embarrassed that others know that I am accepting charity. 
So that is much better. And notice, فَهُوَ خَيْرُ لَكُمْ It's best for you and best for the other. And a person who gives charity secretly, such that his left hand doesn't know what his right hand gave, then such a person will be under the shade of Allah on the Day of Judgment. What's the benefit of this? وَيُكَفِّرُ عَنْكُمْ مِنْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ Allah will expiate your sins for you. يُكَفِّرُ كَفَّرَ تَكْفِير كَفَّرَ يُكَفِّرُ تَكْفِير What does that mean? To negate, to cover up. So your sins, Allah will finish them, He will cover them up, meaning He will forgive you for your سَيِّئَات Plural of سَيِّئَة The Prophet ﷺ said that sadaqah extinguishes sins like water extinguishes fire. Imagine. Sadaqa extinguishes sins just like water extinguishes fire. Wallahu bima ta'amaluna khabir and Allah is fully aware of what you do. Allah knows about all things. He knows what sadaqa you are giving where, with what intention, secretly or openly. He knows. So at the end of the day, we should fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes it happens that we don't have that opportunity to spend secretly. Like for example, there is a fundraiser and you would like to donate as well. And you feel that if you wait to give secretly, you might lose the chance. You might have to leave early, you might not be able to, whatever. So you have to give openly. Or you are standing by the donation box and you're waiting for people to go, but nobody is leaving the masjid and you want to put the money in. So what should you do then? Give it openly. Let people know that you're giving sadaqah. Correct your intention. Make sure that your intention is right. So sometimes we are able to spend secretly, other times we're not. The point is that we have to spend. So whatever opportunity we get, seize it. Avail it before it goes away from us. Then Allah says, لَيْسَ عَلَيْكَ هُدَاهُمْ You are not obligated to guide them. The Prophet ﷺ is being told that you are not obligated to guide them. It's not your responsibility. And remember that guidance is of two types. One is to inform to teach, to instruct, and the other is to give the ability to do good. The Prophet ﷺ, he was obligated to teach, instruct, but to give the ability to do good to people. That was not within his control. Likewise, you can tell somebody about something good, but can you make them do it? Can you force them to do it? No, you can't. So, لَيْسَ عَلَيْكَ هُدَاهُمْ It's not your responsibility to guide them. وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ But it is Allah who يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ Who guides whomsoever He wills. Allah guides those whom He wills. What does this mean? Sometimes it happens that you want to give sadaqah. And the recipient, the needy, the one who is receiving the sadaqah, also does wrong things. Let's say they're not Muslim. Or let's say, you know that they are a very bad person, they never pray, they lie, they cheat, they commit sins. So you think, why should I give sadaqah to them? But then at the same time, you know that they're hungry, you know that they are needy. So Allah tells us, you're not responsible over guiding people. So you shouldn't be concerned about the actions of people. You should be concerned about doing your part. Which is why, when it comes to giving sadaqah, it can be given to a non-Muslim as well. And it should be given. Why not? We should not just look at the religion of the other person. We should see the fact that they're human. They need, they're hungry. We should have some compassion for people. Unfortunately, we Muslims think that 
we should only be concerned about Muslims and other people, no. We are only concerned about our community, our race, our people. And we don't care about the rest of them. Which is why we keep sucking, you know, we keep taking, receiving from the government the benefits of this country. But when it comes to giving, we say, oh, kafir, non-Muslim. Come on, human being, hungry, thirsty, needy. We're supposed to take care of others as well. And we should feel humiliated if we feel that we have the right to receive benefits from the government, but we should not be giving back to this country. We should not be giving back to the local community. This is very selfish of us. That because of whatever reason, we are receiving benefits from the country, but at the same time, we're not benefiting the needy people. What if somebody looks poor, but they're pretending and you don't know their reality? You're not responsible for them. You are to deal with people on their apparent. So for example, you are driving downtown and a person comes and they're begging for money. You feel that they do drugs, but they're saying they haven't had food in so long. You go get food for them. You have some food, give that to them. And when you're driving by such areas, you know that such people will come. So keep such food items in your car from before. So that you don't have to refuse someone. Because refusing someone is not correct. So, لَيْسَ عَلَيْكَ هُدَاهُمْ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ I told you about the story of the man who gave a charity secretly and he ended up giving it to a thief and a prostitute and a rich person. So, we're not responsible about the actions of other people. We're responsible for our own actions. Allah guides whomsoever He wills. Sometimes also this happens when it comes to sadaqah. That let's say as a family, you give sadaqah to someone, you are helping someone. And you make sure that you don't remind them, you don't hurt them in any way. But other family members, they are reminding them, they are hurting them through words. So then is your charity wasted? No, you're not responsible for what others do. You're not responsible for what others do. Not at all. For example, you have a younger brother and you, whenever he comes, you know, you cook for him. He comes and stays with you in your house. And your in-laws, maybe they're not too happy about that. So when your brother comes, they say to him, Oh, you know, when you came, we spent this much money. And we had to fix the washroom because you did such and such. And we had to replace the bed because you did such and such. And our bill was this much and our electricity bill was that much. You don't want to do man and other at all. But let's say a member of the family is doing that. Are you responsible for what's happening? No. You can apologize to your brother privately and you can say that you don't have any problem. Other people are not too comfortable, but that's their problem and you don't have to worry about that. So, لَيْسَ عَلَيْكَ هُدَاهُمْ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَمَا تُنْفِقُوا مِنْ خَيْرٍ فَلِأَنفُسِكُمْ Allah tells us whatever good you spend, then it is for yourself. Why? Because مَنْ عَمِلَ صَالِحًا فَلِنَفْسِهِ Whoever does anything good, then it is for himself. So whatever we spend in Allah's way, in reality, who are we spending that on? On ourselves. Because on the day of judgment, who will reap those benefits? We. So don't follow it up with man and adha. Don't do it with riya. Choose the best. وَمَا تُنْفِقُوا مِنْ خَيْرٍ فَلِأَنفُسِكُمْ وَمَا تُنْفِقُونَ And you do not spend إِلَّا except إِبْتِغَاءَ وَجْهِ اللَّهِ Except to seek the face of Allah. Meaning whenever you spend, only spend to seek the pleasure of Allah. Waj, face of Allah. Whatever you're spending, spend so that on the day of judgment you can see Allah. 
وَمَا تُنْفِقُونَ This includes any kind of expenditure, any kind of spending, whether it is on your fees, or on your children, or on your parents, or on your books, whatever. On your groceries even. وَمَا تُنْفِقُونَ إِلَّا بِتِغَاءَ وَجْهِ You must only spend in order to seek the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know when you want to see something precious, valuable, do you have to pay for it? Yes. So you have to spend your money now so that you can earn Jannah later so that you can see Allah. And the higher your rank in Jannah, the more closer you are to Allah. So it's up to you. How much you want to spend, how close you want to be to Allah. How much more you want to see Allah. This part of the ayah has also been understood as that whenever the believer spends, including what he spends on himself, he seeks Allah's face with it. So anything that you're spending, make your niyyah, I want to please Allah. Even when you're buying coffee moderately, you're drinking coffee, you're drinking wine so that you can become warm, you can become fresh, you can work properly, you can pray properly. So anything that you spend, it should be for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also this ayah is understood as, وَمَا تُنْفِقُونَ إِلَّا بَتِغَاءَ وَجْهِ اللَّهِ Your goal is to gain the pleasure of Allah. So you don't care about what people do with the charity that you've given to them. You don't care. I mean, you should be concerned that it's given in the best cause. But don't follow people around. Okay, so where is that money going? And what did you do with that money? What did you buy with that money? Who did you feed with that money? Once you've given, you've given. You've, you've put the seed in the ground, you've put it. Your goal is to gain the pleasure of Allah, and for your niyyah, inshallah you'll get that. وَمَا تُنْفِقُوا مِنْ خَيْرٍ And whatever you spend of any good, Allah says, يُوَفَّ إِلَيْكُمْ It will be given to you back in full. يُوَفَّ Fully. وَوَفَّ Fully given back to you. Not according to your standard, but according to Allah's standard. And what is the standard? 700 times more. Anything you spend, it will be given back to you many, many times more. وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تُظْلَمُونَ And you will not be wronged. You will not be treated with injustice. Allah will not deprive you. You will never suffer if you spend in the way of Allah. In Surah Taha, Ayah 112, Allah says, وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِنَ الصَّالِحَاتِ وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ فَلَا يَخَافُ ظُلْمًا وَلَا هَضْمًا But he who does of righteous deeds while he is a believer, he will neither fear injustice nor deprivation. So when you spend in Allah's way, don't fear injustice from Allah. Don't fear deprivation. Never think that Allah will not give you back. Never think that Allah will not give you something better. Always expect reward from Allah. Hope for good from Allah. Always tell yourself, I'm spending, Allah will give me more. Allah gave me yesterday, He will give me again. He feeds me, He will continue to feed me. Nobody became bankrupt just because they gave a few dollars in charity. So I'm not going to go bankrupt if that happens. And even if that happens, Alhamdulillah, my parents are alive, they'll take care of me. Okay? So when shaitan threatens you with poverty, tell yourself, I'm not going to go hungry if I give a little bit of money. You will not be treated unjustly. Rather, Allah will reward you many times more. Recitation. وَمَا أَنْ 